I'm your dungeon master, Cliff B, and we're rolling dice and heading out into the wide world of Castia. I'm joined by Ben, Hajir Mendra, Chris, Magus Magran, and Dave, Sayreal, as we explore the taverns, travel, and tests that their characters encounter. This episode, we sit down with our players and discuss the characters they've come up with. We'll learn a little bit about their characters' hometowns and find out what got them on our road to adventure. Let's check it out! Just a pre-show note, uh, this first episode, my audio is a little bit wonky, but that will be fixed in uh, future episodes coming up going forward. All right, so now we are here with Dave. Dave, uh, hello. want to tell a little bit about yourself, and then uh, we can get into your character. Uh, uh, so I'm going to introduce myself to the nice people on the internet? <laughs> Absolutely, the nice people who never have a bad thing to say. Ah, right, exactly. I was thinking that today. I was thinking, like, oh, this will be, this is fun. We're doing, like, a new thing that, like, you know, maybe people will listen to. And I'm like, like, this little sad part of me is like, well, what if people don't like me? And then I'm like, people hate everyone on the internet. Does it even matter? Everyone hates everything. You can't, you can't make the internet happen. They will find something to complain about. I've seen it happen so much. But I think since it's, uh, dudes on the cast that it shouldn't get any more criticism than anything else. That's a bunch of uh, cis white males. Yeah, that's true. We kind of get a we kind of get a pass. Ooh boy, <laughs> thanks internet. <laughs> that's kind of evil. Um, I don't know how to introduce myself. Uh, I'm uh, I'm Dave. Uh, I I don't know. I um, God, I have nothing. I, I I'm just a dude. Who enjoys beer and games and uh, D&D, which is basically lying, which is fun. Uh, and I am excited to play a character type that I haven't... Well, I'm going to... I guess we're going to flesh it out, right? Because um, I don't have that much. Yeah, we'll definitely do some fun. Uh, I have some ideas. There will be a lot of understanding on my end. Okay. Yeah, I have some general ideas. I'm mostly starting with like a vague backstory, and I think I want to play a human of like approximately middle age, and uh, and I want to play a rogue actually, which is something that like I uh, so I, I like in the other game that we're playing right now. Um, like I'm playing a uh, druid, but I feel like I played the first part of that druid pretty much like a rogue anyway. It's just something I'm drawn to. No, no worries there. Yeah, we can definitely work something out. So a human rogue. Um, so what's their name? What's that? Uh, what's your human? Hello, Ben. Hello, Bane. What up? <clears throat> yeah, we were just about to uh, start getting into Dave's character. Here's another one of our players, Ben. Uh, say hi to the nice people, Ben. Hello. What up? The nice bitches. people. The nice people that we didn't just start saying that never have anything nice to say at all about anything. <laughs> you know, I have found that the best way to have a good time on the internet is to not let anyone know who you are on the internet. <laughs> that's, uh, the, that's the ideal. Yeah. Um, so I'm like talking through some like kind of backstory, which if you're cool with that, then like, you know, like in character, you don't have to know this, but Right. Um, but I want to. I, I want to play a rogue. Okay. And I want to play someone who is sort of like like the template I'm basing this off of is like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. 
So someone who used to rely largely on charm and, and deceit and, and, you know, uh, playing other people, but then basically got exiled from all royal circles for being too ambitious. Like, basically busted, right? Yeah. Um, and so now that, and it's going to be a lady, and uh, okay. now that she is no longer part of royal life and has been essentially like banished from whatever kingdom or wherever she comes from, all she wants to do is see every, every just watch the world burn, right? Like bring everyone down <laughs> and sow discord and uh, cre create chaos. Um, and I'm thinking like a like a chaotic neutral type alignment. Okay, might be uh might be advantageous to this. Um, and I'm also thinking that uh, her name is Sereal, which is spelled cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I am into all of this. Um, say real, say real. People might call her cereal, and she'd be like, "No, it's it's say real." So C E space R E A L. Nope, one word. <laughs> Just cereal. <laughs> that definitely oh, fits there. Uh, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, so a middle aged human rogue uh, essentially wants to watch the world burn. Uh, exiled from their kingdom. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that kingdom. Uh, what's it like there? Yeah, so let's think about it. I mean, like, um, well, it, it kind of depends on if there's anything, ex like, existing in this world that I need to play off of, but, like, I'm, I'm picturing sort of, like, your capital city type, you know, um, of, like, a big region, something like that. You know, like, I'm, I'm obviously, like, I'm basing this, like, sort of on, like, the you know royal seat of the uh the the lannisters or whatever in game of thrones right so the you have royal like this... hinder the, the what <laughs> the royal hinder hinder yeah. barely know her <laughs> uh no so like something like that where like you have like different regions and maybe they're all you know like they all sort of like a uh pay tribute to this like one larger capital city and so that's where I'm from, and I don't know exactly what the thing is that got me busted, but like I'm, a, I'm picturing that this is like, uh, you know, like a wealthy, um, well developed, uh, well, you know, nourished and uh, and uh, like a, like a, a populous place where I do not ostensibly belong, except by way of having charmed my way in, and then by way of not being as clever as I think I am, accidentally tipped my hand to the wrong people and uh, found myself, you know, shown the door. <laughs> so maybe like a born into poverty, but uh, managed to, to talk your way into nobility, royalty, whatever we end up like going with for it. But then you're just like overreached a little bit. And it's like, wait, you're a fucking popper. Get the shit out of here. Yes, exactly. Like that's the thing is like, I feel like most of the time, you know, people end up betraying their true nature, and I just feel like that's something that would have happened. Where, uh, you know, I maybe I didn't trust the right people, or maybe I was just a little bit too obvious about angling for some kind of position or information, or you know, a seat on some council or something like that, and it became obvious to the people around me, and so I had to. They, 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 they I, I left them with no choice but to give me the boot. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, that Does makes that sense. Old stereotype I, make sense? Yeah, that makes <laughs> that makes sense. We can definitely work that in there. Uh, what's that region called that you're from? Oh, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Let's uh, let's name it right now. Um, I am Sereal from Kalogia. <laughs> I am absolutely 100% into that. Writing that down, Kalogia. <laughs> and, our, and our family crest is like a big, like, green and red rooster, like you find on the cornflakes box. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely here for this. All right. Family crest. My notes are going to look so stupid when this is over. That's all right. I'm going to be having to clean up a bunch of notes anyway, so no worries on that part. Okay. I'm just kind of like, as you're talking, just typing down. I'm probably going to go back, re-listen once this is all done, and then uh, clean it all up. Okay. I dig it. Um, so is... Uh, Kologia, like a mixture of races, like is it like a whole melting pot kind of feel to it? Uh, is there in the nobility, is it just kind of like one race or is it a mixture there as well since you were able to, you know, work your way into uh, nobility but the, before you were discovered? So I feel like the question that like I have to answer in order to answer that is like, what is it that I was running away from there that I didn't like that I needed to like seek out some other life, right? And I feel like, um, uh, so there's like several like routes there where it could be a very poor place or it could be like a very violent place. It could be a very unsteady place. It could be just a boring place. Um, but like either, <laughs> like any of those helps define the character. I feel like, I feel like it's, I, I feel like it's a working, uh, maybe it's, uh, Gosh, maybe they like are like they're like shipbuilders or something. Maybe it's like a whole shipbuilding town, and so there's like a lot of like work and a lot of uh, there's probably a lot of uh, you know disparity between like the rich people who run the industry and the poor people who work the industry. Maybe Sereal realized at some point there is no working to the top of this. There is no like there is no climbing this ladder. Like this is haves who run the business and the have-nots who make it happen. So uh, I would say that Kalogia is a industry town of some kind ruled by, you know, the people who who finance it and that uh, Serial had higher ambition and knew that there was no way to live the life that she wanted here and had to go somewhere where she could take it. So almost... The dystopia of cyberpunk, but in medievalish fantasy. Sure, let's go with that. Um, like you got all the all the ruling class are like you know the the wealthy elites, and maybe you had said that you know oh I am I run this industry and it was a fake shell corporation that you were just kind of using to uh, maybe launder money from like stealing from people and whatnot. And so it got discovered that that was not a real thing. So that's why you got uh, exiled. Okay. So, okay. So in the capital at some point. Yeah. Okay. That explains. Yeah. yeah. So that ambition to go somewhere and become wealthy and become powerful manifests itself as a cheat of some kind in the capital city. That makes a lot of sense to me. 
running some kind of a scam, whether it's like a shell corporation or whether it's like a, a classic uh, pyramid scheme of some kind. One of these uh, one of these ways of just taking in more than you're ever putting out. And someone figured it out. That makes sense. I can go with that. The first multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> can I interest you all? Ben, you'll, you'll recognize this. Can I interest you all in some mango steen? Oh, God, mango steen. <laughs> I actually drove past a place like last year in the summer. I can't remember where I was. I was on the Akron area heading to something for work. And I drove past a building and had a big sign about mango steen. And I went, oh, my God, it's still happening. Uh, classic scams berries and juices and uh creams cream. <laughs> uh can i introduce you to some uh, berries and cream berries and berries some and cream. Else. <laughs> that was like one of the weirdest commercials of all time uh, yeah um i uh okay so that explains backstory which explains the the more recent story so that all kind of works together really well definitely definitely does so okay well we've got all that um do they have any family that they associate with is there anybody like any parents or siblings that they you know either talk to or in this case don't talk to because of bringing disgrace upon a family name i mean there's not much of a family name to speak of i think so like as far as soiling the family name, I don't think that's such a great big uh, crime seeing as nobody. I come from a bunch of nobodies on some level, but I do feel like there's got to be. It's more interesting to have some family family connection. But it also feels kind of wrong, like I feel like I would have tossed all that away and been like pretty. Deliberate about it, I mean, you wouldn't have to actually necessarily like be involved with them right. but if they were like out there in some form oh man yeah there's got to be a cool cousin somewhere like the the cool the cool cousin that's still <laughs> like uh yeah like uh, i don't know you really like pissed off your parents and then uh, my parents but like yeah you know i'll still like when you're in town i'll sit down i'll drink wine with you but you know you can't let you can't let them know i still talk to you <laughs> definitely get that like one of those close could be friends, but yeah, also happen to be related kind of things. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I don't know exactly where I would place that person or how I would use that relationship. I mean, this is mainly just uh, not only filling out like, you know, more of your personality ahead of time, but also just giving me arrows in my quiver for later on down the line. So you don't really have to like envision too much about their personalities, just like that they exist, really. Okay. So yeah, let's say there's a cool cousin. Let's say like he's uh somewhere um rural, uh not in the city, not also back in Cologia, but somewhere in between. And uh I know where he is and I know I can go there if I absolutely need to, but it would bring me great shame to have to step back down to like, you know, the the life I used to live and and uh and with the the people I used to call family, it would bring me great shame, but I just might have to do it at some point. I might end up with nowhere else to go. Yeah, it definitely makes sense for that. Um, so along those same lines, any friends? Is there anybody who was maybe in the nobility that's like, well, you're only kind of disgraced in my eyes as opposed to like fully disgraced? Ooh, I want to have a frenemy. 
I want to have a frenemy who is someone that I always <laughs> sort of like angled with and sparred with, but that basically is too much like me to really be an enemy and might still be my inside line into what's going on in the in the uh, the capital circles. But what is his name? Over dig here? that. I dig that. Yeah, like I, because I I don't want to necessarily, I don't want it to be simple to like have access to all of that, you know, information. I I kind of want like. I kind of want to open a door to where, like, maybe just to spite me, this person from my past is letting me know, like, oh, yeah, so this is still going on. Boy, if you were around here, you probably could have made a hell of a lot of a coin, you know. But, uh, I don't know, have fun uh, <laughs> have fun playing with mud or whatever it is you do now. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Um, I want to name this person. So, yeah, definitely go for it. How about... Uh, uh, nothing funny this time. Not that the other things were particularly funny either. But how about something like uh, uh, I can't think of anything. I don't care. Throw a name on it. <laughs> they could be. They could be someone like with a lot of nobility, like a count. Like. Yeah. Uh, the Count Jacques Ular. Okay, Count Jacques it is. Done. Count Jacques Ular. Count Jacques Ular. Ah, uh, yes, my old nemesis and best friend, Count Jacques Ular. No, Ben, if you hadn't said it, I wouldn't have done it, but I love it so much. Count Jacques is my <laughs> ultimate nemesis and best friend. Of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> Woo. All right. All right. So I think with uh with that all uh fleshed out about that, um you said that you know you're looking to raise your station. Is that like why you want to be in, become an adventurer? Like there's like you know money to be made in that profession? Mm. I I feel like right now at this point at this point my ambitions have totally changed. Like, I feel like revenge is deeply on the horizon. And maybe that means building a fortune of my own somewhere else. Or maybe it means uh, helping propel another kingdom to, you know, like a regional supremacy or something like that. Maybe it means like, uh, you know, like finding a way to spite the people that never really let me, you know, be at home, you know, and uh, maybe there's something to that. But it's, it's, it's definitely spiteful. Even if it's to be wealthy, it's to be spitefully wealthy <laughs> at the people who gave me the boot. That's I at least that's what I think. That definitely works, and that kind of like ties in nicely because the next one was like the life goal, which you know since that ambition changed to be one of spite, that definitely you know kind of wraps together. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, since we're not starting off like knowing each other, uh, what? word has gotten to you about the city of brisket and why are you traveling there is it called brisket it's called brisket <laughs> um oh my god i honestly i have no idea this one i was not prepared for in the slightest um so i this is this is basically just setting up how we're all going to meet each other right i mean it's not super important is it because i assume that I either will or will not actually fulfill that goal. I mean, it is basically just like 
a small village. It is known for the uh, boars and other pork-like animals in the woods nearby. Uh, they have a uh, new and inventive way of cooking it, so they have a little bit of notoriety from that. <laughs> ah, yes, the brisket way. Okay. Absolutely. So, like, I don't know if maybe there's, like, a festival there going on. Yeah, I could see there being, like, a festival that's scheduled to go on mm. that might, you know, cause you to go there. It's like, all right, well, here's a new chance to start building my revenge empire. Yeah. Okay. So it's a town. It's definitely, it's like a small town. Yeah, it's a small town. Uh, they normally, you know, before they started this new cooking method, they would have just been like another random town with no yeah. like discernible feature from another. But so it's getting a little bit of a tourism boost because of Okay. This. Gotcha. So they might be on the up and up. There might be some, uh, oh, maybe I'm here to spot out. Okay. So let's say I'm here because there's a tourism boom coming this way. It's attracting interest in clientele. And maybe I'm just essentially here to scope out, um, you know, which uh, which important people, wealthy people, or connected people I might meet, uh, strictly on, we'll say, business, even if it's revenge business. Business, also to get some of that brisket. Gonna keep me some of that brisket. Yes, the the people who've gone there that you heard about this from have been raving about how <laughs> nice and tender the meat is. Have you guys heard of this? It's called brisket. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, so let's say, yeah, let's say I'm there to scope it out. It's not just, uh, it's not just a festival for, for me. There's uh, maybe a little bit of a who's who that I can get into. I like that. I, I dig that. Um, so is there any other notable things that you can think of about your character that we haven't covered? Any, um, mm. any, anything you can think of? Shoot. Nothing, nothing I thought of yet. Uh, this might, maybe some more ideas will come to me later on this character, but I think if anything else, it's in terms of like description, um, say Rael attempts to blend in. Uh, uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, doesn't uh, dress with finery, doesn't show off wealth exactly, um, doesn't probably have much to work with either, now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, I would imagine that a lot of uh, what she had managed to accomplish was confiscated or otherwise, you know, uh, taken away from her, so... Like had to leave in the middle of the night, so only had real time to grab so much, so much. Right, stuff. like a bug out bag with a handful of disguises and uh, some torches, and maybe that's it. Like who, like there's not a lot to work with here. But also, like everywhere that she goes, I like to think that she finds a way to leave with a little bit more than she showed up with. You know, like uh, make a little coin here. You know, end up with a hot lead over here. So not like you know impoverished exactly, but um would not necessarily draw a lot of attention unless she wanted to which of course you know she could i would imagine definitely i could definitely see you know there being situations where she uh did pull out some kind of scene just to distract for something else mm -hmm. going on yeah i mean like i'm the the main thing i'm attempting to work with is essentially speechcraft uh 
when it comes to stuff like that. So don't necessarily need a lot of uh, anything impressive other than that old silver tongue. Right, right. Totally got that. Okay. Yeah, I think that's mostly it. Cool, cool, cool. I like that a lot. I, I think that's going to be <laughs> a real fun character. Serial in search of brisket. An adventure. <laughs> I can't believe the town is named Brisket. I feel like I remember someone mentioning that. Um, honestly, I was basically like sitting down. I called up my little document that I shared in the resource link. Mm, uh, yeah. And at the time, it had been TBD. And I sit down and I'm like, fuck it, we're naming it Brisket. <laughs> it is Brisket. Hey, just so you know, it's not a huge deal, but you, your audio is getting a little crackly. Unless it's just me hearing that. Are you getting that, Ben? I'm, okay. I'm hearing it, too. It's not like, like, uh, like, uh, it doesn't, like, break conversation, but it's noticeable. Well, we will definitely, you know, look at that. I'll try and see if there's anything going on with that and fix it. It may just be signal getting weak down here because of the storming, but uh, either way, we can look into what's going on with that and figure out something else in the future. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't bug me so much. I just thought you'd want to know. Cool. I definitely appreciate that. Shoot, I just realized all of the questions you just asked were in the document. I could have read. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could have read them and you know, that would have, that might've, you know, helped flush out some stuff, but at the same time, like, might not have had like some of the ideas from the uh, back and forth. So that was just kind of like a uh, starter kind of thing. For yeah, it. right. Yeah, I like the question and answer thing. I think that that can really help account for a lot of things that we might not have yeah. considered. It builds a more first, realistic uh, character first, and it yeah. ties things together in like neat ways. Yeah, that's one of the things that I I try and do. I I personally, you know, depending on you know where it starts out at. Uh, for the first couple levels, I'm usually, I don't necessarily start off with the intent of like, I'm going to throw this hard encounter. I like to give you like the players a lot of chance to learn who their character is, yeah. figure out like where they are as a character. And, and, you know, that way, usually after like about two levels, that's when I, you know, start ramping up stakes. Not that I won't kill a character, in the early levels, but I don't set out to. It basically, it's one of those uh, you played yourself <laughs> kind of situations. I dig it. <laughs> hey, I just feel a need to note that uh, you referred to this Google Doc as a goggle dick. <laughs> Is I'm pretty sure that was intentional. I don't remember doing it, but that is absolutely <laughs> something I would do. Okay. It, that's it definitely makes sense as something you would do, but I'm like, did autocorrect really do him that dirty? <laughs> this is like, <laughs> I think autocorrect might have tried to correct it, but I said, no, mm. do not do that. This is now a goggle dick, and so are all my Google Docs going forward. <laughs> Excellent. Goggle oh, dick. dick. Up top. <sighs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I think my last question is more just uh, geared towards you as a player and less towards your character. Okay. Uh, what kinds of, you know, games do you enjoy? Like, not like, oh, I'm just happy to play. Like, what what really is something that you sink your teeth into when you get the opportunity to play in a when game? When it comes to, like, 
tabletop role play games? Like, what is it that I like the most in them? Yeah, like, are you like, uh, do you enjoy like more political intrigue? Do you just like smashing stuff? Uh, like the different like monsters? Do you just mainly want to feel like you're hitting that character goal of like heroic or sneaky or conniving and whatever other adjectives there are to describe yeah. people so okay so like what i like a lot mostly really in tabletop rpgs is a sense of like playing a character uh having like a, uh you know a loose and free-flowing dialogue and like meeting other characters talking through challenges sometimes puzzle solving but mostly it's like yeah it's you know character play finding interesting ways to solve problems that don't necessarily involve just blowing down the door the experience of inhabiting the character so all of that you know all of that sort of like the mental work of really getting in character playing it more like a story than a series of battles right i definitely i definitely understand that that's more my lane when i'm playing as well yeah i mean the role playing is in the rpg you know like that's the, that's the that's the R&P, you know? I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily play that way or get that into that, but it's a lot of fun for me. Definitely. I definitely understand that. Also, um, one thing that I will say as well about my DMing style, yeah, uh, I will look up rules if it's important, but most of the time in the moment, I will say, you know, forget rules as written. I'm much more like rule of cool. Like if you want to do something, and you present it to me in a way it makes sense, you know, we'll go with it. If there's any kind of question or discrepancy in something, we can take the time to look up during game, but most of the time we'll be like, this is the way we'll do it for now. We'll look it up after, and if it's done a different way and it makes sense, we'll do that. Yeah, you know, I like the idea of, like, uh, the real ultimate rule is the, the DM as, like, a, like, gut feeling probability calculator of like can you do this or not is it likely or not how unlikely and then just like kind of let the rules wash as you know as you know only only when they're absolutely necessary like i i that's that is very cool to me yeah i'm much more are you is this fun are you having fun <laughs> would looking up the rule actually take away from fun yeah. if not you know don't worry about it people listening don't at me <laughs> Oh man, you tell the internet not to worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm fully expecting things like, "Oh, this DM sucks. He's not following the rules as written." The fucking number one rule in the very beginning of the DMG is that your players have a good time. Yeah, right. It's that's the whole point. Have fun for Christ's sake. All right. Well, I think we've wrapped up on on Serial. Um, <laughs> so. I regret this decision. Ben, yes. uh, go ahead and give a little introduction about yourself. It doesn't have to be like an essay. Uh, and then we can jump into talking about your character. Oh, about myself as as me, the person. Okay. Um, uh, fuck, man. I, I just, I really, uh, I don't know what the hell to say about myself. I'm about to talk about myself. <laughs> ben is a I, good boy. I yeah, I have a I have an amazing fiance that that bears mentioning. Um I am very much into computers and video games. Uh it is my line of work and also my main pastime. 
Also, uh, like if, if someone's gonna say something really clever and funny, it's you. You always have the fucking best zings. <laughs> I mean, I never would have thought of Count Jacques Hular. <laughs> so there you go. Right. Well, that one was uh, that one was. Uh, oh wait. Chuck. I, I I just straight up said count shock. <laughs> well, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wait, we we uh, altered it just uh, just slightly to uh, sound real to keep that copyright infringement off our back. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, General Mills, <laughs> please stop listening if you're listening now. Go away. That is definitely somebody in the military <laughs> in Colombia. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Ben's uh, Ben's our pun master, and if, if there's going to be some clever joke. It's uh, very often Ben who said it. <laughs> ah, uh, yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably the pertinent <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I'm just basically those are little things so that way, like listeners, if we actually do publish this as you know part of the podcast listing, and it's not just something we're recording to have like a reference for for later making notes and everything. Yeah. Uh, so they get to right. so they get to know you a little bit as a person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did I mention the beard? It's a very nice beard. <laughs> That's a terrible beard. Yeah, bullshit. Fuck you. You got a nice beard. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, uh, excuse me. so uh, with uh, the the lovely beard, let's talk about your uh, character. What were you thinking about for your uh, for your good good character? So my character, uh, uh, his name is Hajir, H A Z H I R. Uh and he is a half elf sorcerer and uh he he's uh he's a bit of a like personality wise he's a he's a bit of a uh bit of a lothario yeah <laughs> he could he could get it <laughs> uh bit of a bit of a scoundrel he he oh. um you know he he's willing to circumvent the law if he if he either thinks it's bullshit or if he knows the end result is going to you know, help himself or someone else, but he doesn't just like he does. You know, he doesn't just go around breaking breaking laws for the hell of it. He, you know, you know, if he's hungry and he has no money, then yeah, he'll he'll steal just to you know keep himself alive. He is a, a wandering uh, entertainer. He uses his magic, uh, just cantrips to sort of uh, uh, you know impress crowds. Uh, uh, you know, uh, make his money that way. He he plays the flute a That's bit. Sweet. Uh, does does a little musical stuff here and there. Uh, travels around enjoying wine, women, and coin, and and uh, you know, just hopping from place to place, making a living for himself that way. Uh, no real no real aim to him, but but trying to leave each town he goes to a little a little happier than when he does. He do well. I mean, like, is he kind of like is he? pretty successful he does okay is he you know he makes enough to live on and and travel and you know occasionally afford a a really really good bottle of wine i like that's the i like that the the wandering magician I like, that, lifestyle. That, like the dude is like roving around and doesn't even have a house but he will occasionally drop a shit ton of coin on a really good bottle <laughs> <laughs> yeah well because his uh because of the way he grew up uh he's very much more accustomed to not living in a house or or staying in one place for mm. too too long oh did he do like it was his like parents like uh traveling circus members or other like entertainers like that as well like is he following in like family footsteps uh yes and no um what it was was he he comes from a a tribe 
uh, from a desert far to the south, the uh, the Zendi Desert. Um, and the desert is is full of of various uh, cities. Uh, well, few very few cities. There's a lot of towns and settlements. The occasional orcish stronghold, and uh, his tribe uh, it, are are made up of the descendants of uh, criminals that were sentenced to exile generations and generations ago. Uh, no, no, uh, their names have long been forgotten to history. What they did has long since been forgotten. Uh, but these people live as nomads, uh, uh, traversing the desert in a, a gigantic caravan. So are you kind of giving a little bit of a mix there of like, you know, the nomadic lifestyle of like, you know, the Middle East and also the prisonness of Australia? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Aubrey actually mentioned the Australia thing <laughs> earlier too. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, like like this is something that all these these settlements, these towns, these people that live in the desert know about these nomads that travel from place to place, and you know they'll settle they'll uh, set up outside uh, these towns just on the outskirts and uh, uh, attract people in with you know uh, acrobatics and juggling and fire eating and and all this stuff uh, to get people to. Uh, trade and barter and and buy stuff off of them and and uh, you know just get the the supplies and things that they that they need to keep going. They have a they have a, a religion. This tribe a, a sort of a, a philosophy religion, and uh, uh, it entails you know don't steal things, don't be dishonest, uh, etc. Because they you know they're they're their purpose, they believe, is to atone for the sins of their of their ancestors. Oh, that's heavy. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, what's even heavier is uh, Hajir. Hajir's mother is their uh, their spiritual matron, their their religious oh. leader, and uh, uh, he has a he has a brother as well that I'll I'll talk about later in the in the backstory, but um, but. Uh, yeah, so as he as he came into adolescence, uh, he realized that uh, he he was able to uh, conjure up uh, you know gusts of wind and and some tiny sparks. No one quite knew why. No one no one really uh, whether it's whether it's uh, some kind of genetic thing. Uh, he hasn't found it out for himself yet. But when he realized he could do it, he put it to to work. Uh, as a, another attraction, another way to get people to come to the caravan and and do business with. I feel with bad the tribe. that no one like got to sit him down and give him the "you're changing body" talk about uh, suddenly being able to conjure <laughs> magic. You know, son, you're 13 now. It's time you understand all these things that are coming out of your fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> I de I definitely like like this a lot. It's uh, it's really good. It really it fits in pretty well. Um, the only thing I will say so far, um, orcs in my setting generally aren't like raiders per se. Like they're almost kind of like what you went for with your character classes to begin with. They're like almost a hybrid of like Native Americans and Amish in that like. They realize that there's a more 
modern world out there, but they like to stick to like, you know, their tribal yeah. nomadic roots. And generally if it's a low like hunting season or, you know, if they're like on the brink of starvation, they'll raid like other races, uh, cities and stuff to get supplies. Mm-hmm. But generally so long as like they are left alone, they won't bother anybody and they're the types who that fits in really well with your nomads. They might not have the coin to, you know, spend on your guys' entertainment, but your family would know that, like, if we go there and provide this entertainment, they will give us supplies in exchange. So very much like barter society. Yeah, they, yeah, they'll, yeah, they encounter orcs and they'll barter with each other and all. Um, which uh, also is a is a good excuse uh, for my because I I had one more language I could choose from, so I, I picked Orcish. I figured, like, you know, well, he has some contact with orcs, so he, you know, picks up a little of the language over time. Yeah, it makes de- definitely makes sense, and, you know, it fits, everything you've done so far fits in, like, without even me even, like, giving kind of, like, how I typically run stuff like orcs and all that. So it uh, it definitely fits really well. I like this a lot. I like your character. I think it's sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you like answered basically everything on that list except for the very last one. Yeah, pretty much like so. Like he's, yeah. So he's uh, he's traveling. So what? That kind of like definitely fits for adventure. Like he's going off to new places and seeing new cities. Uh, what are his like life goals? You said that like he's not really too ambitious, but like what drives him to keep entertaining? Is it like less of that's what he knows, but more of like trying to find something within himself, maybe finding answers on how he got his magic. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely finding answers on, on how he got his And, and really, I guess just kind of um, going off of the assumption that he'll know his, his place when he sees it, you know, um, he has, you know, he hasn't found a, you know, a place other than the caravan where he, you know, that he's, you know, really been able to truly call a home. Um, and he's just kind of, He's not like he's more sort of taking a passive approach. Like I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll know what I want when I, when I see it. When I, you know, I'll, I'll see it and know this is, this is it. This is, you know, where I've been meant to head. I just have to open my heart to the universe, and it will grant all my life goals. <laughs> it's right. the secret. If you wish, it, um, it becomes real, guys. Yeah. Um. But uh, returning to the caravan is is out because unfortunately he was exiled. He was he was banished from the caravan for doing one of the things they they never allow you to do. Uh, specifically, he stole. Uh oh, um, he stole he stole fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> going to kill him. So so while while he uh you know was was growing up, he he always you know. He was always uh, the one between him and his brother, uh, Ajan. Uh, he was always the one between him and his brother to bother asking, you know, why sometimes sometimes these people don't even give us anything. What you know, why why do we have to risk thirst and starvation in the desert? And you know, his mother would always would always tell him because that's that's our place. That's our lot in life. We have to atone. And his brother grew up believing the same things, uh, wanting to follow in his mom's footsteps. Um, and so one day with with several sick people in the caravan, not a lot of water left, they came upon a, a settlement they had been to years before, but now it was under the control of uh, 
of a bandit warlord uh, who promptly denied them aid, sent them on their way. Well, under cover of darkness, Hajir uh, snuck back into the village, stole a whole bunch of water and medicine, created a distraction with, with his cantrips to get away safely, and returned to the, to the caravan, whereupon his, his mother denounced him, his brother spat in his face, and they left him, and they left him behind. Dude, they're uh, yeah. pretty serious about their so, ethics, huh? Yeah. So after after uh, many many uh, long days trying to make his, his, his trying to stretch his food and water as far as he could, he ran out, collapsed from exhaustion, and was saved by a by a freak thunderstorm. Just the first rain he had ever seen maybe in his whole life and the the intent i'm i'm i want to try and go with with this is is that you know it was it was his doing he got a taste of the of the real power uh of the of the storm and the winds that he could conjure and nice. you know maybe maybe he's curious enough to try and try and work up towards towards getting back there uh but it, it he was able to fill up his canteen replenish enough of his strength to get to the grasslands up north and and uh continue on that's sweet yeah i i love that that is an awesome story yeah you put a lot more thought into this than i did ben (laughs) (laughs) freaking sweet aubrey's sitting here slow clapping (laughs) what's that oh (laughs) she says she's doing the shia labeouf thing (laughs) where he's like Emulating Citizen Kane. <laughs> that is always a, a great thing. I love that Shia LaBeouf stuff. Shia LaBeouf. And I, I can picture that in my head. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I assume like similar kind of thing then with the current travelings. Uh, heard about the festival going on in Brisket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a, a good festival could always use another musician, yeah. you know. Uh, so, a little... little a couple little conjuring tricks here and there. I uh, I take you for a conjurer of cheap tricks. <laughs> Maybe there, you know, there's gonna be some ladies there. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that only makes sense. A dude who like travels around entertaining people is definitely gonna head to the hot new attraction town named Brisket. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing both of your characters in action. Uh, do you have any? questions that you can think of for me anything that you're uh wondering maybe about i don't know um game style or anything like that well i i get a sense that i kind of feel like i i I kind of feel like i know how you want to handle play style from your description i guess i'm wondering if anything i'm wondering like and we can talk about this another time but like logistically how this is going to come together how it's going to get edited, how it's going to get published, all that stuff. But we don't have to talk about that right now. Yeah, I figure, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, maybe three, three-ish hour sessions, probably do like a short break in between for bathroom or refilling drinks or whatever. And then um, from there, probably use that break as a uh, split point for the episodes. So they're roughly an hour, two hour and a half each. Um and then, uh, really, probably the editing is just going to be mostly cutting out any kind of, like, lulls, looking up rules or spell descriptions or anything like that. And, and uh, 
basically just cutting out like big silences or anything like that or just like trying to adjust length so that it doesn't seem like everybody's talking over each other whenever trying to do things yeah. i mean for the most part we're pretty cool with just like almost no editing at all <laughs> just like you know whatever happens happens uh, all clumsiness and all is fine but yeah okay so that, that answers uh partly that anyways is this going on the three dudes channel or is this going like are you publishing this are you publishing it somewhere else i mean i am open to uh i to ideas i figured that i would probably you know grab something and publish it somewhere else but i if you guys want to publish yeah. it on the three dudes with the cast line i'm definitely fine with that too um, no that's okay i just i was just mostly asking what you already had in mind i have no preference yeah i just i figured looking into a couple of different like podcast hosting sites and checking out you know comparing rates and services what they offer and stuff like that okay okay well wh however you decide to go about that is fine by me uh i was just curious logistically what you what you were thinking yeah that's probably gonna be something like that um I don't imagine there will be too much editing. Uh, I do a lot on the fly as far as like looking up spell descriptions of my on my own as well to make sure that like double checking how it will work. Mm -hmm. I did a slip one point one thing that I forgot. Uh, ben, as far as your uh, things in games that you like, oh, yeah. um, you know, what kind of things do you look for in games that get you excited? I like. Uh... I like any any opportunity in a tabletop game because this is, I think, really the strength of tabletop games compared to, you know, anything else, board games, video games, uh, is that if you have enough of a, if you've got enough of a detailed situation or scenario built up, then the way you choose to approach a situation can be, like, the possibilities are pretty limitless. Um, so I like, I like any situation where I have the freedom to uh, go about handling a problem in in uh, in a creative way. You know? Yeah, dude, definitely. I feel like you and I are going to get into some real interesting stuff. <laughs> I, I, just, I just have a feeling that we are going to be doing some great top-notch scheming. I am, I'm all about schemes. Yeah. Right, awesome. I definitely like that. And I like, that's one of the things I like doing as well, like making like vibrant worlds and one of the things I do in my home games, like I have my uh, notes that I make for those. And often it will read like a choose your own adventure book because I'll be like, well, this is the most obvious path A. This is most obvious path B. Here's some uh, notes on what happens if they take those routes. And then what happens if those routes are skipped entirely? Like uh, my players in my uh, Wednesday game, they had the opportunity to go to Shadowfell for some stuff at an early point. If they had done that, the people that were scheming on the material plane uh, would have been successful in their plan and caused destruction of a uh, magic academy, basically. <laughs> but uh, they, in a roundabout way, took care of that problem before it happened. So I don't just, like, do static worlds or anything like that like the butcher's not going to be out in front of the baker's place having a conversation if you go out into the forest kill some boars and come back right like there'll be a changing world because i want 
I want that immersion for you guys to be real. Dude, that's not so good. Right. That sounds great. I have a feeling this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and if nothing else, if people end up listening and decide that they don't like it or if people start pitching, <laughs> we can just take this to a private game. I mean, I want people to like it, but the most important thing is I want y'all to like it. Yeah. And I feel like if y'all are enjoying it, then people who listen will like it because you can tell when somebody's doing something because it's fun and when somebody's doing something because they want to try and see if they can make a buck. Yeah, off. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking to a couple of guys who have been recording podcasts for like what is basically four years now and not made a red cent. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, but you know what? You know what? I listen to every episode that comes up so like i enjoy you guys i appreciate that that's nice we're in a yeah, fourth freaking season that's so stupid why did i mean just like it's been going so long <laughs> i uh but yet you guys always manage to still like come up with like how many i think you've only repeated a uh, topic what maybe once or twice like you guys still find new things to talk about or go deeper on a subject than you had before yeah and it's always fresh and interesting, and your fucking games are great. <laughs> well, I uh, I hope that uh, I hope that we manage to uh, do something uh, something equally fun here. I think that we will. I mean, this is this is going to be a great great time. I'm just sure of it. Uh, absolutely. Like I'm already starting to picture what the actual map will look like, and uh, basically now just gotta. Uh, hopefully, Chris will uh, get his issues resolved soon, and we'll be able to, you know, get his uh, part of this recorded, and then I'll be free to like to go through and like start mapping out where all of everything is. Yeah, I got a feeling you might not hear from him tonight, but you, if you do, it'll be a little while. Yeah, I don't know if you'll hear from Chris tonight or not, because this is still ongoing business ongoing situation but well i mean i've got plenty of time like we won't be playing for another two weeks and mm -hmm. like i've got time before my tuesday game i've got time before my wednesday game i've got time either before or after mass singer on thursdays i have a surprisingly busy social life during this yeah. pandemic it's Isn't that weird something? like i actually came out <laughs> of this a little bit busier than i already was because it's like you're already at the computer you're already you're at home. You got things you're getting into doing. It just becomes that like a, a, a pattern and a habit. And then before you know it, your days are spoken. Yeah, it's it's so weird. And then fitting in, I, I suppose I'm lucky. Technically, I'm essential because I DoorDash, yeah, whatever. You're, you're always essential but, to me. But, but like, oh, thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I have I have the, I guess, luxury of having something that's pretty flexible with my scheduling. So yeah. Like it's it it works out. I mean, there's there's silver linings left and right if you know where to look for them. You know, definitely. In the middle of a global pandemic, I'm talking about silver lining. <sighs> but anyway, uh, cool. So, uh, I feel like I'm gonna pop off here. Uh, but I feel like we pretty well got to those two characters. I feel like. I have to pretend to not yeah. know a lot of that, yeah. but I'm glad that I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and like, we've gotten practice with meta. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited. Um, 
and I feel like, you know, this is going to be a really good time. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, I, uh, it definitely is. I don't know. The thing is, we always find a way in games like this to like surprise ourselves. And that's where I'm going to be excited. The things we didn't even think of, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks, Chuck. I look forward to talking about. No, th anyway. thank you this guys. Is, this is really just nice yeah. of you to think of us to do this too. Cause like, we're all very excited about it. Yeah. And uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say, I appreciate you like reaching out to us to do this. Well, I mean, like I said, I, when I brought it up, I was thinking, you know, like, I listen to you guys, like, every week, other week, whatever, whenever you guys put out the cast, because I know that schedule can vary depending on when y'all are able to get together. Right. And I just think that, like, you know, like, I liked you guys, we were friends, and one of the things that, like, I kind of regret is being a sad sack back in Youngstown and being all, what was me, like, and not, like, actually reaching out more. So... I figured, like, you know, I'm friends with all you guys, and, you know, I miss you guys, so let me see if they want to do this D&D shit. You know what, dude, that's really, I'm really glad you just said that. Like, yes, like, I'm glad you reached out to us, because yes, we absolutely want to do this thing with you, and, you know, never doubt that, you know, that, like, we are down to hang. Never, like, do that thing of feeling like you can't reach out, because we are down to hang. Well, whenever this, uh, whenever... It's actually safe to hang out and not just DeWine caving to fucking uh, people hanging out outside of the fucking government house. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, when I'm up in Youngstown again, I will absolutely be hitting you guys up. Well, fantastic. I look forward to it, Chuck. Sick. Uh, leaving off with all those good deals. Yeah, right. That's, I, 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 uh, it is a nice thing. I feel happy. <laughs> all right, my dudes. I'm going to hop off here and uh, watch videos on the internet of people cooking chicken. <laughs> hey there, everyone. Hope you're enjoying this first episode of Taverns Travel and Tests. Uh, we've worked really hard to make it, and we really hope that you enjoy it. Um, Mid-roll ads are weird. It just always feels kind of awkward. It just kind of interrupts the flow. So I'm going to be doing my best to just try and find good spaces for these kind of things to come in. Uh, not to get too much into how the podcast sausage is made, uh, but one of the things that you're hearing in this episode is that I like to give my players a little bit of um, leeway and input into the cultures of where their characters come from and everything. It's just one of my little things that I like to do to build investment. But anyway, we don't have any ads yet. But I do want to go ahead and plug some of the other shows on the Project Derailed Network. Uh, we are part of that group, and there are a whole bunch of sweethearts, and I couldn't be happier to be involved. Uh, first, Tales of the Voidfair, the big one. That's that 5th edition uh, Spelljammer-inspired podcast. Then you've got Fables Around the Table. Uh, each season is a different... Uh, indie RPG highlighting all the other non-D&D games that are out there and Big Streaming Pile a bad movie review podcast for streaming services uh, you can tell I'm great at these and I do them so often anyway uh, what we're going to do instead of ads for this episode is just play some trailers so hope you enjoy it and I hope you have a great day thanks for listening 
Introducing Tales of the Voidfarer. Join the spacefaring adventures of a group of misfits in this D&D 5th edition podcast inspired by the 2nd edition setting, Spelljammer. My name's Marco Astorio. My character is a Gith Yankee. My character is a Doar. Adorable little penguin people. You're ravenous, right? Yes, I, 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 and you are. I, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name's Luckby Cumble. My name is Captain Valeria Rain, and welcome aboard the Voidfarer. Luckbeak, Ravnus, come on! <laughs> There's so much to see over here! Catch new episodes of Tales of the Voidfarer every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast fix. <laughs> that's funny. Wait, did you just hmm? say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. <laughs> As each day shrinks shorter and the nights grow colder, our souls prepare to darken along with the night sky. Four storytellers gather round the campfire. Each has a tale to tell. The counselors at Camp Marigold are trying to move on from the terrors of the previous summer. Will they escape from the clutches of the Lindworm? Three friends investigate a small town after their vehicle breaks down on their road trip. Will they survive its horrifying secret or succumb to devastation? A tale of mystical felines who watch over the children of the neighborhood. Will they be able to save them on All Hallows' Eve? When nightmares become indistinguishable from reality, where do the real horrors lie? Fables around the table. Firelight premieres October 7th. Wherever you get your podcasts. Four days later. Alrighty, so now we are here with our good good boy, Chris. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry I'm late. Oh, that's quite, quite all right. So, Chris, you've taken a look at uh, what your good friends are going to be playing in our uh, Google Dick. I did, uh, yeah. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and start telling me a little bit about your character, like who they are, what they look like, all that. So, I have basically called an audible on this character. Um, this has been a uh, genuine switch from what I expected myself to play, um, which is good because uh, I've played the character in my current campaign now for about two years, and I'm very, very comfortable playing that character. I feel like I understand him. And I wanted to do something that's a little bit of a switch from who I normally uh, play. Um, so the character that I'm playing is a, a young dwarf by the name of uh, Lord Magus Magrin, or Mag for short, um, as his uh, father used to call him. Uh, he's from the mountain town of Hyhoganya. Uh, his parents were uh, Barman and Marwin, and they were both wealthy merchants who dealt uh, in the family business of the uh, precious stones that were uh, mined from the uh, mountain below. Uh, they were the wealthiest fa- family in Hoganya, and they would uh, their gems were the finest. They would uh, send them across uh, merchant routes all over the land. Um, though both of his parents were very, very wealthy and uh, certainly nobles, uh, they uh, did the work that uh, would be considered below most noble families. And one of the things that they liked to do was uh, personally oversee shipments into the neighboring town of their precious gemstones, just to make sure that there was no funny business on the way to the uh, distributor. Um, So while they were out, um, you know, they, they were quite often out, uh, you know, overseeing their shipments. uh, And this left uh, young mag uh, alone, uh, at his very, very, very large, uh, posh, uh, family estate. And he was raised by his mother and father's servants a lot of the time who basically spoiled this young little guy, 
uh, into absolute oblivion. He grew up very, very privileged, very, very, very spoiled. And, you know, isn't necessarily uh, uh, all the worse for it in his adult life. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as like being a, a bad person, but he is certainly a prissy, uh, very, very spoiled, very well-to-do kind of uh, kind of gentleman. Very, very uncommon for most dwarves. When he was uh, a young boy, uh, at the uh, young, young age of 25, uh, his mother and father were off uh, overseeing a shipment of stones to the neighboring town one evening, and one of their drivers uh, betrayed them uh, and robbed the caravan and cut both of their throats. Uh, and this left uh, young Mag alone, you know, completely uh, without uh, his direct family. Uh, and he was sent to live with his paternal grandmother, uh, Marglia who was a uh, stern, uh, very, very loving woman, but very, very stern, very old-fashioned, very kind of um, picture kind of like the dwarven Professor McGonagall. She she was kind of like the original runner of the gem business and passed it on to her son. So she's, she's a bit stern, a bit, uh, you know, uh, stubborn, uh, hard-headed, um, but, but raised him ultimately very kindly, uh, tried very hard to toughen him up. You know, he, he had a very loving uh, time under his grandmother, but, you know, he was kind of a, uh, you know, what she would consider to be overly sophisticated, lazy, kind of a scaredy cat. And his grandmother preferred him to be a bit more like his father. She she would rather that he was uh, tough, you know, uh, you know, smart businessman, but, you know, still able to swing a war hammer around, still able to defend himself when he needed to. Uh, she tried very, very hard to toughen him up and to teach him that family business so that he could inherit the the, uh, the business uh, of his mother and father one day. But he just didn't have the 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 goal for it. Like I said, he was very, very lazy as a childhood. So she she tried as best she could to toughen him up. She she trained him with um, some of the cell swords in, in the in the mountain. Um to teach him, you know, fighting stance, something that she felt as an old schooler that uh, all young boys of that area should know how to do is defend themselves. And she tried to teach him up with some business, some business knowledge. Um, most of the time, uh, you know, Mag is, it was not uh, very, very interested in the business side of things, but he did like his, his lavish lifestyle. And he did eventually uh, after uh, some training, get halfway decent with a sword. Um, now at the slightly older age of 40, I'm thinking this is going to be like age 15, 16 um, in Dwarvish time. His grandmother is sending him across the continent to train with some of the best fighters in the land uh, from a place that she had heard about. Um, she's making him complete a uh, rigorous training session, uh, and then she's making him learn um, business uh, from some of the scholars uh, at a uh, town across the continent. Um, and then, and only then will she, uh, you know, feel comfortable passing the business on to him when she dies. Um, but you know, he is kind of going on this journey across the country, uh, across the continent re reluctantly. Um, he's only doing it because he knows that he's going to inherit the fortune at the end of this. Um, and he is being escorted, uh, along the way. Um, by a small uh, uh, caravan of uh, 
uh, fighters, basically, uh, you know, uh, not his normal servants, but people who are there to protect him and uh, make sure make sure that he makes it safely to where he needs to go. And his grandmother is paying them a small fortune to uh, see to it that he gets where he needs to go and learns what he needs to learn. Um, Mag is uh, not excited about any of this, but he is reluctantly on his way because he knows it means that he'll be able to uh, get his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, his his, um, inheritance uh, at the end of this road. So that's where he's at. I definitely like that a lot. Um, I will probably say that there was some stuff like his parents' name and spelling of the uh, mountain town. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll send that to you. Yeah, that's you could easily just go in and like clean up what I have in our uh, giggle dick. Sure, but uh, so I do have a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one: uh, Do you see the uh, this, mm-hmm. his his hometown yes. being from the uh, Brown Streak Mountains or the Cheek Peak Mountains? Um, you know what? Uh, I, I'm give me give me a, a difference. Give me an honest because honestly, I don't think I know enough about it to make it. Uh, honestly, I just kind of uh, was designing a bit of a map. And, okay. Uh, so I don't really have any specifics nailed down. I wanted to make sure I got you know what you wanted your character to be like and what their uh, their town was like before I made any hard and fast decisions. Like I have down like the areas where Dave and uh, Ben's characters are from, but not. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really flesh out too much else of the map aside from just general area. Okay. So you're kind of uh, free to give a little bit of uh, culture to those area, to whichever area you'd like. Gotcha. Um, so which of those two mountains uh, has the highest peak? Uh, I would probably say the uh, Brown Streak Mountains. Uh, so. Let's make him from the Brown Streak Mountains on one of the one of the towns on the way up, um, you know, like up towards the top. He, you know, his family lives uh, pretty high atop the mountain. Now they're the type of dwarves that live on as opposed to in the mountain, correct? Correct. Um, now they employ, you know, his parents and his, you know, before him, his grandparents uh, employed a lot of the dwarves who lived in the mountain uh, to help them, you know. Uh, remove the gemstones and trade. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I'm not clear on what the bargain was between, between them to make that happen. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to think of a, a good excuse for that, but yeah, they, they are, uh, they're the kind of dwarves that would live, uh, you know, atop the mountain. They're a little bit more, um, hoity toity. Yeah. I can definitely work with that. Uh, I can definitely, you know, see some, uh, plot hooks in there for, uh, the stuff that's going on with that. So, uh, we can definitely work that out. Um, my second question. So you said that they are, he's being escorted by the small caravan of fighters. Yes. Uh, why are they making the pit stop into the city of brisket? The city of brisket? <laughs> well, it's more um, of a town or a hamlet, but yes, the, the uh, town starting town's name is brisket. Gotcha. Um, well, uh, how far away is this town from where I'm at or from where I was born? Let's say. So there's a couple ways that it could go. Uh, uh, either way, it'd be uh, fairly equidistant. So off to the uh, northeast is the uh, Kingdom of Colloquia. Okay. And uh, that's that could be one of the places where 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 he's going to learn from, like the businessmen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, there's another, there's, there's two routes that it could go. It would go, uh, I'd say probably down the mountain through the woods towards the Cheek Peak Mountains, and this will all make sense once, you know, you see the map and has no bearing on the listeners right now. Okay. But, yeah, the quickest way would probably be heading south towards the Cheek Peak Mountains and then curving up towards Cologia. Uh, that's where Brisket's kind of on the way. So let's say that, like I said, you know, uh, Mag is, a, is kind of a, a rich uh, so-and-so. Uh, let's, and, and his grandma, despite being a little bit more tougher, is still, you know, in that high lifestyle. So let's say that uh, they're stopping to put him into an inn for the night at, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the better inns in town, and they're going to be sleeping in one of the lower, you know what I mean? He'll get the luxury room, they'll get the lower room on the way in he's not he's not a camp out kind of guy he's a uh you know luxury hotel luxury suite kind of guy cool 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 uh part of one of the things on the way there there's uh, a town that you stopped in probably about four or five days travel away from brisket and uh you found out that brisket was actually having a uh they have a new way of cooking meat and they're having okay. a festival for it. It's uh, the, the brisket festival. Okay. And so you got you know that you'll be getting into town pretty close to that starting. I don't know if that's necessarily a thing that's going to interest Mag, but okay. uh, I imagine like, oh, they uh, a new regional way of cooking meat. Oh, I'm mm. interested in this to see if it is something that grows popular. That way I can say that it's something I've tried before that everyone else knew about it. That sounds like exactly up his alley. He's um, he's he's a bit shy and a bit um, like I said, a little bit prissy. But he's he's definitely curious. So I'm sure it'd be something he'd be interested in. Maybe not so much the people that I, I I'm gonna say I said like a a group of swords. His grandmother basically hired two two um, burly uh, strong men, um, you know, who stopped into town to escort him uh, across the way. Um, so they're probably not going to be as interested in it as he is, but he's probably going to be interested in it. And I'll, I'm sure I can find a way to convince them to uh, let him, uh, you know, peruse around the festival. Yeah, definitely. That sounds that sounds pretty good there. Uh, also, I don't know if you saw Ben commented in the chat, a Hamlet. <laughs> oh. and, uh, all right. So basically, uh, that pretty much covers... But I think for the questions that I had and the little, like, uh, getting to know your character thing, why does he want to be an adventurer? He's not doesn't want to be an adventurer. He just wants his uh, fancy life back. He does not want to be an adventurer. Yeah, I was, I was thought pretty hard about that question. Um, it, it, the answer is he doesn't. Um, he wants to... He wants to go back to where he was. He wants to go back to where he was comfortable, which was basically... Um, you know, in his gigantic mansion, not having to worry about things, um, you know, despite the fact that his grandmother is actively trying to pass the business onto him and he's going to have to reckon with that someday. He's like only interested in the luxury lifestyle portion of it. He's not interested in the actual hard work part of it. Adventuring, I'm guessing to, to mag adventuring is going to seem rather, um, uh, dangerous and, uh, uh unnecessary i do expect that will um that might change depending on oh yeah absolutely depending on like how the story goes and everything i i see a lot of potential with all of y'all 
Um, so uh, the one question I also asked is, uh, aside from the whole idea of all your character and stuff, what do you, Chris, ex like, what do you like in your games? Like, you know, it could be anywhere from, like, the chance to explore the character narrative to feeling heroic with whatever kind of story you're in to political intrigue, etc. What do you like? So I, I, I love the action stuff. and I love kind of getting to flex with my character a little bit in the story more than anything. And like I said, this is like, this is my second campaign ever. So um, I can tell you my favorite aspects of the campaign that I'm in now thus far have been the, um, the character exploration and the character development, and um, you know how that works with the party that you're in. You know, um, we're in a very, very large group. That, you know, with the one that I'm in, so it's going to be nice to be a little bit more tight knit because I feel like we're going to get to explore those characters' ins and outs a little bit more. Uh, and that's really, really, really what I uh, what I like the most is uh, you know the, the uh, getting deep into the backstory of the characters. Definitely. I figured that would be, you know, uh, something on your radar, especially considering all of the different things that you recommend on the uh, pod with the other boys. Yeah. So, um, I can definitely see that being a thing that you are uh, interested in uh, exploring there. Um, do you have any questions for me? Uh, my GMing style is more one that's like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna put challenges in front of you guys but i'm not gonna like start doing my normal encounter design of and this is this is kind of how i go about things uh, i don't necessarily design based on like challenge ratings or anything like that i look at combat and like encounters in general as like a kobayashi maru situation like okay like the world is twisting and turning around you guys. Uh, if you choose to get involved by following a threat or not, you know, that's completely fine. You know, stuff's going to happen regardless. Like, if a king's going to get assassinated, unless you guys have picked up that threat and stopped the assassination, it's going to happen. Gotcha. So, so, like, you know, so that's kind of how I treat and run things. Like, I just, I design it the way it's going to happen, and if you guys can figure out some way to change the test in your favor, I'm all for that. That's sort of how I've built my. I'm I'm working on a campaign for a couple friends right now too, so that's sort of how I've built mine. Is I have uh, I have a scheduled a series of events for things that may or may not happen depending on how the story goes. So I'm way way into that. Um. Uh, I guess one of the big questions is, are we doing high fantasy or low fantasy? Is this going to be a, like a full magic dragons kind of campaign, or is this going to be a little bit more grounded? Um, uh, I don't know, a, not a lame way to put this. Is it going to be more game of Thronesy, or is it going to be more like actual, like high fantasy D and D? Well, for that, uh, I kind of look at things as far as like campaigns go, as if they were each their own individual book, like levels yeah. five, you know, that's its book. So you'll probably see more, more low level uh, in the earlier stuff. And as you go uh, more fantastical, of course, sure. You know, we're going to be setting out to make some, like, a uh, comedy ish podcast. Absolutely. So there's uh, you know, going to be plenty of opportunities for, you know, if something 
fits in the moment and is funny, you know, we can definitely adapt it in. Um, but yeah, I'd say, you know, the the higher you get, the more fantastical elements there will be. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, right now, uh, the way it's going to start off, you know, it's going to be some D&D-ass D&D. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, I'm into that. Um, I don't really... Yeah. I guess I don't really want to know too much about about the story until I'm into it. So um, I don't have any big uh, story questions. Uh, is it is it just going to be you're DMing? Obviously, is it is it just going to be the three of us in the party? Uh, for right now, yeah, it's going to be the three of you guys in the party. Uh, I don't plan on springing any uh, strangers or anything like that on you guys. If there's going to be you know, any kind of possibility of any guests in the future. That'll mm. be something that we discuss getting closer to it. Sweet. So, uh, I, I'm really excited to work with a, with a small party, um, especially with these guys, because we're used to talking together and used to, you know, playing D&D together. So. Absolutely. I definitely get that. Like, like I was telling the guys at the end, like, you know, I was, I always liked you guys when we met back at YSU and I was very much like, you know, I should have hung out with those guys more when I when I lived in Youngstown. So let me do a thing where, you know, I'll actually get to kind of make up for the fact that, you know, I could have hung out more, but I was too busy being like, eh, you know, I'll probably bother them or, you know, they're really close-knit. And no, never not, feel like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah nope. I, I, definitely, I definitely got the uh, kind uh, smack in the face from those guys saying, you know, yeah. like, like I'm welcome and stuff like that. So Absolutely. like, I definitely, you know, like I told them once all this, uh, the world is not on fire anymore. And the next time I'm you know, <laughs> giving all y'all guys a call. Sweet. Yeah, man, for sure. You come on the podcast or, uh, that'd be fun to do this in person too. Actually get, definitely. Uh, get some legit recording done. Absolutely. Giving a bust out the old DM screen in front of everybody. Sweet. I'm excited for this. I'm like legitimately excited to start a new character here. Awesome. I'm glad you're excited. But yeah, for everybody, I'm going to be probably uh, in the next, before next like Saturday or Sunday, definitely. Uh, I'm going to probably send out a little, uh, just one page, like kind of like a little bit of world basics outside of what you guys did. And uh, yeah, just a little bit of, information just about the setting so that way uh you guys aren't like surprised if you go into a town and it's like oh we don't care for half elves here we like them pure blood elves yeah just gotcha, so like gotcha. you guys have that nice little etiquette going in and then like i said i'm gonna post up the uh world continent map in the uh resource links sweet i can't wait to see it i'm excited all right. Well, unless you have any other questions, like about DM style or anything like that, uh, I think that uh, I think that wraps it up for you know recording this part of it. Uh, any other questions? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, I'm excited to get this going. Uh, Me too. That wraps up this episode of Taverns, Travel, and Tests. Be sure to join us next time when we begin our journey in the town of Brisket. You can check out the boys on the Three Dudes cast, and you can reach out to us about the show on Twitter at Triple T D&D. If you want to help support the show, tell your friends, 
Consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash comicsads. Leave us a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice and tweet about the show using hashtag triple T D&D. Also, check out all the other great podcasts on the Project Derailed Podcast Network. Visit projectderailed.com for more information and links to all those awesome podcasts. We'll see you next time on Triple T. Projectderailed.com